Well, this morning we're going to talk a little bit about 2014. We're going uh, to do a remember and celebrate service this morning. And I'm excited about this because this kind of came out of something I did with my family this year. Typically at the Tyler home for Christmas, uh, we, we, we bust out the Bible and we, we, we look up the, the Christmas story and we sit down before anybody can open up presents. How many of you know you get your kids' attention before they can open up presents, right? And, and, and we, we go through the Christmas story and we talk about that. And so that's, that's kind of our tradition at the Tyler home. And this year I just felt an urge to do something different. And so this year we, we pulled out this big, massive, honking whiteboard that was left at our house from the Crowley plant. And we found a dry erase marker and we got up there and I said, okay, kids, we're going to do something a little different this year. I said, let's remember what God did in 2014. So I was trying not to be the control freak in the whole thing. So I sat in the recliner. I actually let somebody else hold the marker and write on the board. I did make sure I had my best spelling kid up there writing. And, and so Virginia was there and she's, she's writing. And I said, okay, so I said, so just tell me what God's done this year in your life and what you've seen. Tell me what he's done. And let's just start writing these things on the board. And so they started just rattling off some things. And funny thing is it had a lot to do with the farm, <laughs> We got our goats back was one of them on the list, and it's just kind of funny. And then, you know, and then we had some serious ones, and then we had some, some just precious ones. And then there was this one, my son goes, <laughs> my son, he says, I learned how to shake it this year. And you see, the funny thing is, is everybody else was laughing but me because I knew what he meant, you know. And so before you go too far in your mind, the story is, is that Ethan's life lesson this year has been, when something doesn't fit, just kind of wiggle it or shake it and it'll fit. If, if something won't open, wiggle it or shake it and it'll open. You follow me? And so that was like every time we did something and he couldn't get something unhooked or opened, I'd be like, just shake it. And then he would shake it and it would open. Come, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just got to wiggle something. He learned the previous much earlier, and so. <laughs> but we had a great time, and we just remembered what God did this year. And so for me, it blessed my heart because I got to see my kids get involved in remembering what God had done. And, and, and if we'd have had more time, if we'd allotted more time, we, we could have. What, one of the cool ideas I want to do is to build a family timeline. Kind of like when, when, when mom and dad met. And then mom got saved and dad was still running from God. And then dad got right. And then we both started being decided and God started moving. And God moved us here. You follow us like a family timeline. And I think that's, that'll be something we shoot for next year. And so we had a great time. It was a precious moment. My kids remembered what God did this past year. And for us as a family, as, 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 as parents, for Cheryl and I, we were like, man, this is cool. My kids remember. Not only do they remember, they identify that it was God and not anybody else. Amen? Isn't that good? And so, how do you finish a year? I mean, back in the day, we used to finish the year with a big party, get hammered and high and everything else, and, and wake up in 2015 be the worst day of the life, your life, right? Because you have a hangover. But we don't do that anymore. We do celebrate and we do party. It just... The hangover is not quite as bad. It's usually a meat hangover and not an alcohol hangover. But how do you finish the year out? How do you start a new year? 
is my question for you this morning. So how are you going to finish out 2014? You're just going to kind of let it slip away? And say, well, 2014, gone. Here's 2015. I guess I got to learn how to write my checks right. For those of you that still write checks. How do we finish it out? I think one of the things I see or one of the themes I see in the Bible is that when God moves you somewhere else or he moves you into a certain place, he always wants you to remember where you came from. Right? He wants you to remember why so that you can pass it on to generations. Right? So that you can continue to have a healthy fear of God. Because when you think about over 2014, how God showed up in different moments, maybe not even just in your life, how he showed up in somebody else's life that you've been praying for. How that stirs up this healthy fear of God where you go, man, God is still so big. Amen? He's so awesome. So this morning you got a handout. Everybody got a handout? And you'll see some blanks on your handout. We're gonna, it's going to be a little bit different service today. I, I want you to, it's going to be a little interactive. I'm not going to get you to say anything. But I want you to take some personal time this morning. I want to allot some personal time for you to write in those areas that God's speaking to you. So point number one, when I give you this point, and as I'm preaching this, and even after this is, after I finish preaching, we'll bring the worship team back up and have a couple more songs and just give you a moment to just end 2014 and begin 2015. So I want you to, as we're going, just write down what God's done. Amen? So number one, I want you to remember your experiences. Remember your experiences. First Chronicles sixteen twelve says, remember the wonders he has performed, the miracles and the rulings he has given. This was actually David's song. This was a song that David wrote in praise to God. He's saying, he's saying to the people that heard the song, remember what God has done. Remember the wonders he performed, the miracles and the rulings he has given. David made it a habit to remember. If you read and study the life of David, David was constantly coming back to what God had already done. Amen? Why did he do that? Because he needed that to go forward into what God had for him ahead. Right? Because a lot of times when God gives you a vision for 2015, it's so scary, you can kind of get timid and and, and kind of overwhelmed and not want to step into 2015. But if you look back at what he did in 2014, it'll give you a boost of faith that says, I can go into 2015. Right? You can go into 2015 with a water pistol taking hell on. Right? When you remember. So David made it a habit. And as believers, I think we need to continually remember what God has done in, through, and around us. In my Bible, I write, this is, I haven't filled this one up yet, but I actually started using a journal. But a lot of times I write in any blank page I have, or even in the margins, you'll see I highlight and I write in my Bible. And, and, and I think it's important because I'm writing down what God's done. Or maybe what God's told me, right? And, and some of your names are in this book. <laughs> did you know that? So did you make it to my book? <laughs> but I write down what God's done. I remember one time I was in, in Jennings. This is the early days. We were in the garage playing back in those days. That's where we had church. And I'm up on the keyboard playing. And I've been praying for this guy. And he walks in right in front of me. And the Lord gave me a word for him right there. And I wrote that down in my Bible. 
And I go back to that whenever I pray for him again or whenever I hear something bad about him. Maybe like he's not doing so good. I go back to that and I say, no, Lord, you told me. Are you getting this? And so I journal. I don't journal every day, but I write down what God tells me. I write down the major decisions we've made as a family. And as the head of the household, I write down what God's leading us to. Sometimes I share it with my wife and sometimes I don't because I'm waiting on his timing. Sometimes she don't need to hear what God's saying right now. Amen. So I think it's important that as a church, we write down what God's done, what he's telling you, where he's bringing you. What's the vision in your head? Go with me to Joshua chapter four. I want to show you this from the Old Testament in Joshua four. When the children of Israel, they'd been in the desert for 40 years and been wandering around in the desert, lost. And, and then we, find, we pick up the story where Moses can't enter into the promised land and Joshua takes over and Joshua becomes the new leader of Israel. And they're, they're at the Jordan River about to cross over into what is called the promised land, okay? And then God's, you know, God's a God of order. So God's got this whole scene set out for them. He's got it structured in order. He says, guys, you're going to go at it this way. You're going to do it this way. Okay, and he gives specific instructions on what to do and how to get across the Jordan. So as, as the, so one of the things he tells the priests that are carrying the tabernacle is go stand in the river. And when they stood in the river Jordan, God stopped the water so that the rest of Israel could cross over. You with me? And so God's instructions to Joshua was, Joshua, I want you to get one man from each of the 12 tribes and tell him to come and pick up a stone and bring that back to his tent tonight because he's going to need to remember, his family's going to need to remember this day. When he said, one day your children are going to ask, what are these stones for? And you'll be able to tell them that was the day that God stopped up the river so that we could cross. So it's important. So look at what Josh says. Pick it up in chapter 4, verse 21. So they picked up the stones and they gathered them together. And then they're, they're at the tent. Everybody's crossed over. And here's the cool thing is as soon as they've crossed over, as soon as the priest came out of the water, the river returned back to where it's, it's level and was even running over. As soon as the priest, the last ones across, stepped out of the water. And then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across. Just as he did at the Red Sea, when he dried it up until, he, until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. And so you might fear the Lord your God forever. So if your kids ask you, how did we get here? Are you ready to tell them? Your kids ask you, mom or dad, how did we become part of this church? Or how do we become Christians? Or how did we get to be in this city? I thought we were, I thought dad was from Franklin. How do we end up in Eunice? Are you ready to tell them the story? Because you see, there's something important that happens when you share the story of what God's done. Right? Your kids get to remember. 
they get to be in awe of what God did. Right? If you keep it all here and you never share it with them, then they never get to experience what God did in your life. Right? How many of you love to sit down with old people on the back porch? If you're old, how many of you like to sit down by yourself and talk to yourself? No, I'm <laughs> I remember Cheryl's grandfather, or Papa Fontenot. He was the one I knew the best. And he would come down and visit, and I, I would put everything else aside and just sit on the back porch with him. And I would just listen. And I was just like, wow. You see, I grew up without any of my grandfathers. I didn't know any of them. Didn't get to hear their voice. So I, I, I used everybody else's grandpa's. And I would sit on the back porch with him and I would just listen to his stories of the, the, the depression, right? I remember him telling me the story of how he worked at the co-op, the rice dryer for most of his life. The story of how they got their house and the people that showed up and helped them and, and how they used to go and have to help each other out because times were so tough. And now, you know, most of his life he spent just sweeping floors. And he was the most humble man I knew. Loving and caring and gentle. And I would just sit there and listen. And it's funny, now you've heard me say this, but now a lot of my, my new friends are old guys. And if you're my friend, I'm not calling you old. I've got some other friends that are older than you. And, but I'm learning how to sit down and drink coffee and visit. I'm learning how to listen to their stories. Are you with me? And I'm learning how to... How to see how their life kind of gets put together and how they ended up where they are. And I get to remember with them. And what's funny is when you, when you sit down with the older folks and you listen, how something comes back to their memory and they go, oh, I forgot all about that. And so I get to be a part of helping them remember where they've come from. Remember what God has done in their life. Amen. And that's what Joshua is saying to the children of Israel. He's saying, you need, to, you need to gather these stones. And when your children ask, you need to tell them what God did. You need to tell them, man, God did this. And God did that. And they get a chance to be in awe of what God did. Amen? So remember what God, here's a statement for you. Remembering what God has done will renew a healthy fear of God that you may have lost along the way. Just remembering what God has done will renew this healthy fear of God that you may have lost along the way. Because it's right, right? We, we always, I say always, we have a tendency to lose fear of God. That's usually when everything's going good. That's when we start acting like we don't need God anymore. When two weeks ago you was on your knees crying. Psalms 13, 5 to 6 says, But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. We need to celebrate the things that God's done. Amen? So as I'm preaching, as, as we plan songs, whatever it is, if, God's, if the Holy Spirit is bringing things to your memory, write them down and just remember things that God has done. It's okay if you don't look at me today. Just don't go to sleep. So number one, remember your experiences. Number two, roll away old defeats. Roll away old defeats. 2014 had its highlights and it had its lowlights. Can I hear an amen? It had its good times and it had its bad times. 
It had the best of Jamie and it had the worst of Jamie, right? It had its peaks and, buddy, it had its valleys, right? I blew it in 2014 from time to time. I sinned. I lost it. I did things. I made decisions I wasn't supposed to make. I failed at times in 2014. And this is what I want you to hear from this point is that it's okay to fail as long as you get back up. Amen? It's okay to fail as long as you get back up. Don't stay defeated. Matthew 22 says this, and this is Jesus talking about the greatest commandment. And then, so he had this, this theologian or this really smart guy come to him and try to trick him in his words. And the guy asked him a question. He said, well, well he said, teacher, he says, what is the greatest co- of all the commandments? Which one is the greatest? And Jesus blows their mind back with, with this response. And it says this, that Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So that's what, that's Jesus's response to the question. The guy says, what's the greatest commandment of all these commandments that they had to live by? He said, here's the greatest one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So Jesus just lays down the truth right there in front of him. He says, here it is. You want to know what it is? It's this. If you can do this, then you can fulfill the rest of the laws. The rest of the commandments. If you can't do this, you'll never do the rest of the commandments. Come on. So Jesus says to him, he says, you need to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You see, God wants all of you. He doesn't want 99%. He wants all of you. Jesus died on the cross for all of you to save all of you, not to save some of you. Right. And so that's it. So Jesus says, this is the first and the greatest. Now watch this. He says, a second is equally important. So he lays down this great commandment. He says, this is the one baby. This is the one you're going to shoot for. Here's the greatest one ever. Then he goes, and here's a second one that's equally important. In other words, it's just as important as the first one. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that good? That's actually point three. (laughs) So that's renew personal commitments. (laughs) I skipped. So that's point number three. Let's continue with number three. Renew personal commitments. You need to renew what God's doing in your life. You need to renew your commitments to him. And that's what Jesus is saying is if you're going to renew yourself to something, you need to renew yourself to this. This is what you renew to. It's not a 2015, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. It's not a resolution, right? It's a revolution. It's recommitting yourself to the greatest thing there is. Amen? Recommitting yourself to God's commands. Notice Jesus' 
first command was the greatest and the second was equally important. And we need to renew our commitments to God's commandments. In Deuteronomy 13, 4, it says this. It says to serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. What did he say? Serve only the Lord your God and fear him only. (laughs) That means you don't have to fear anybody else but God. Come on, somebody. Did you walk in a little fear this year of people, of opinions, of maybe what people were saying about you? Or what people thought about you. Maybe you walked in fear of a boss who's very hard. Maybe you walked in fear because you were trying to please people. But God says to fear him only. And he says this, obey his commands and listen to his voice and cling to him. That's what you're recommitting to. You're recommitting yourself to God today. Amen. Now back to number two. (laughs) Number two is roll away old defeats. And that's from Romans chapter three, verse 23 to 24. It says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So God's got this standard, this glorious standard that he calls us to. And the Bible says that we all fall short of it. Why? Because we have all sinned. So God's got this standard, this glorious standard that he wants us to live by. And every one of us fall short. We're going and we fall short. We're going and we fall short. You seeing this? We're going and we fall short. That means that none of us in this room are exempt from this. Right? We all fall short. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. We are what? Righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. So because of what Jesus has done, we've been been made righteous before God. So that means you're righteous because of what Christ did, not because you failed or or didn't fail. You with me? You fall, you get back up. You fall, you get back up. The difference is that you're still right. You seeing this? You're still right with God even when you fall. Now, some of you need to hear that this morning. Because some of you spent most of 2014 defeated. Maybe the enemy came along and, and, and just honestly, maybe he just whipped you. Maybe you gave in. Maybe you said things you shouldn't have said. Done things that you shouldn't have done. Maybe you didn't do some things that you thought God told you to do and you failed. And you know what? You lived in that failure for most of the year. And you know what happened? The enemy stole time from you because the whole time you were defeated, God still had a plan for your life. Come on, somebody. You see, he says, and in his eyes, you've been made right because of what Christ did. So when you gave your life to Jesus, you're now in right standing with God. You were standing in the right place with God. When you fall, you're still standing in the right place. 
the reason I'm telling you this is so that when you fall in 2015, you'll get right back up. And repent of your sin and ask God to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from your unrighteousness so that you can keep on going. I'm not saying that it's okay to fall and that you need to not have self-control. You need to not use that fruit of the spirit. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that even though you use the fruits of the spirit like self-control and you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're still going to fall. But when you do, you get back up. So what we need to do today is we need to roll away the defeats of 2014. You need to push those things aside. And you know what they are. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you today. What those defeats are. He's bringing to your memory the failures you had in 2014. Roll them away. Push them to the side. It's done. You hearing me? It's done. Roll them out the way and let's go forward. If you need to repent, repent. If you need to repent to God, repent to God. If you need to go and repent to some people and you haven't done that yet, then go repent to some people that you may have hurt. And go forward. Roll away those old things. Don't let them hold you. Don't bring them into 2015. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Leave your junk in the trunk. In fact, you need to stop at the next dumpster and unload it. Amen? You need to get rid of it. It's done. It's in the past. The Bible says that those that confess their sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them of their sins and then to wash them and cleanse them of all unrighteousness. In other words, you're coming into 2015 bathed, clean. Fresh shaved, smelling good. Come on, got your hair did, right? You're looking good coming into 2004, got some clean clothes on, right? 2014, you, you washed all that off. You confessed it to Jesus and he washed it off of you. And he said, all right, come on, let's start this year right. And then, then you turn around and you make that new commitment to Christ, that new personal commitment that, Lord, you know what? I had my failures in 2014. I had my victories, Lord, and I thank you for my victory. So you remember the great things that he's done in 2014. You say, Lord, I remember and I celebrate all the things that you did for being so faithful. And you just go on about your business telling him whatever he's done in your life. And you say, Lord, these old defeats, these places that I failed, these things, Lord, I'm sorry for those. Forgive me for those. But, Lord, I don't want to stay on those and I don't want to dwell on those. I want to roll them out the way. And then, Father, I want to commit myself personally back to you. I want to commit myself back to your commands. I want you to have all of me because I want all of you. That's going to require some dying to yourself. That's every Christian's favorite words. Die to self. Recommit yourself to Christ. Obey his commands. Listen to his voice. And the end of that verse in Deuteronomy, it says, cling to him. Cling to him. Can you cling to something if your hands are full with something else? Can you cling to Jesus when you're carrying all your scars and your wounds and your hurts and your pains? You can't. You've got to free yourself and you've got to let go and you've got to cling to him. So if the, if the worship team will come back up right now, I want to give you a moment.
You don't have to stand right now. You can sit. You can finish writing, whatever you want to do. But I just, I want to challenge you this morning. Just listen. Listen to what God's telling you. And if you, if you wrote down some old defeats on your part, on, on that section of your notes, then as you let go of those things, I want you to just scratch them out. Like they're gone. Like it was a mistake. Maybe it was an attitude you had. Maybe it was just some words that you said. Maybe it was something you you lusted after that you shouldn't have lusted after. Maybe you lied, maybe you cheated, maybe you stole, maybe you manipulated somebody. Maybe you ran over a few folks in 2014. Maybe you bullied a couple of people. Some of you may be here, some of you men may be here and saying, you know what, I didn't husband my wife like I should have in 2014. I failed and I knew there was times that I should have breathed life into her and times I should have encouraged her and times I should have served her and I didn't. Let's roll out away this morning. Can we do that? Maybe you need to recommit to Christ, to God's commands. And I pray to God you can remember your experiences and celebrate them. So as the band starts playing and singing, I'm just going to let them go and do their thing. And just want you to have your own moment with God. I just want to give you that opportunity this morning. Bless you, Jesus. And through the 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done, Lord. something that uh, this year just reminded of in my own life. Started the year with a, a, a chance to go through a, an inner healing course. It was a 16-week inner healing course, and Jennifer led it and did a phenomenal job. It was me and Pastor Bubba and Doug. And when, I, when I'm, I'm sitting here listening to the song and even preparing the message, I just think back to what God did in my life this year. And I started 2014 a very prideful man, an overly driven man. I could bulldoze over people like it was nothing, and I was hard. And I'd been believing a bunch of lies. <laughs> so I went through this course, and honestly, it was, it was hard just because it was a 16-week commitment. And, and Jennifer, she don't cut you no slack. You know what I mean? That's, she's good at what she does, and she does it good. And, and, but the, the most amazing part was that God showed me that the reason I was acting like I was acting is because I was believing lies that were spoken over me that were not true. I believe that certain people didn't love me and that they didn't like me and they had no intentions for me and all these things. And I was believing all these lies and it made me react and act a certain way. And then God came across with the Holy Spirit and he gave me the truth. And I I can literally look back and remember the chains falling off of me. The anger falling off. 
the regret falling off, resentment, the lies falling off. And I remember towards the end, and I was, me, I'm kind of like, I'm the type of guy that, you know, when I, when I got it, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to finish, I'm good. But I was going to finish. Jennifer wasn't going to let me skip. And I remember I was riding to go to Eunice, and I'm on Highway 13. I remember the exact moment and the place, and I was almost dead in the middle of Highway 13 between Crowley and Eunice, and this song came on. And I'm not always a touchy-feely, emotional guy. I very seldom get in touch with my emotional side. I'm not real soft in touch. It's not my natural flow. And this song came on. And can I just be honest? It floored me. And I just broke out in tears of joy and celebration. And by the time that song was done, I was shouting in my truck. Lord, thank you for what you took off of me this year. Thank you for the change. Lord, I feel like I can run 100 miles an hour in the spirit. And Lord, I just thank you that the old man is gone and the new man is coming. That I'm not bound by this and I'm not bound by that anymore. I'm free, Lord. I was just shouting at the top of my lungs. And I think as believers, there's times we just need to shout. Amen. Times we just need to celebrate what God's done. We just need to have a positive attitude and a grateful attitude. Amen. And we need to celebrate what God has done in our lives. If it was some bad things in 2014, thank God you made it through. Thank God you learned a lesson. And thank God it's not coming to 2015. Amen. Can you stand up with me? The the band's going to play a celebration song and I just want you to celebrate. If you need to shout, if you need to dance, you need to do what you need to do, feel free to do it. I don't care. Amen.